Hello, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 306 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, I am answering a listener's question about low-waste snacks and low-waste lunchboxes. Mike wrote to me, and he said, and I quote, One of the hardest things we haven't been able to tackle is our kids, ages five and three, their snacks. We still end up using a good amount of single-use plastic wraps. Our go-tos are made good bars and serenity pouches. I've tried making my own granola bars, but they won't eat them. I'm curious, do you have any ideas or tips? Thanks, Mike. Low-waste snacks and low-waste lunches are almost always healthier And we're going to get into the why behind all of that in part one of today's show. In part two, we're going to very quickly touch on the gear you need to do this successfully. And part three of today's show is what I like to call the ultimate list of snack and lunchbox suggestions. It's a pretty long list. I asked members of our closed Facebook group for their best thoughts. And in part three, I'm giving them all to you. So if you've been packing snacks and lunchboxes for yourself and for your spouse or your partner and for your children for a while and you are just out of motivation, enthusiasm, imagination, part three is for you. Right on into part one. I am of the mindset that a low-waste snack, a low-waste lunchbox, is also a healthy snack, a healthy lunchbox. The convenient snacks, also known as the ones that come in the single-use disposable packaging, are almost always processed and almost always unhealthy. Now, there are some exceptions to this rule. I'm thinking string cheese or yogurt pouches, go-gurts, if you will. But by and large, most varieties of bars, granola bars, cookies, chips, you name it, they are heavily processed. Now, if you live in a food desert and processed foods, fast foods, those are the only options available to you. I say keep doing what you're doing. Be proud about it. Keep doing your best. If you are on a fixed income and when you go to the grocery store, you simply can't find the funds to make the purchasing of the fresh stuff fit into your budget, I say to you, keep on doing you. Keep on keeping on. Keep doing your best. But if you are privileged enough, and yes, it is a true privilege, If you are privileged enough to live in a place with ample fresh foods, and if you're privileged enough to have the financial means to purchase said healthy foods, then why should you restrict or even better avoid the processed stuff in your snacks and lunchboxes? Well, studies find, and I'll link to a few of them in this week's show notes, but studies find that eating highly processed foods regularly can shorten your life. Ultra-processed foods are the ones with excessive amounts of sugar, sodium, and fat. The sugar, sodium, and fat, by the way, are what makes them taste so darn good, makes them so darn irresistible. Such ultra-processed foods typically also contain emulsifiers and thickening agents and food coloring and other additives that have absolutely zero nutritional value. These foods have been linked to increased risk of cancer, depression, cardiovascular disease, and type 2 diabetes. For every 10% increase in ultra-processed food consumption, research has found that there is a 14% increase in risk of early death. So what does that mean? It means the more ultra-processed foods you eat, 
the bigger your chance of dying early. What's in these foods that are so bad? Researchers believe that high temperature processing of these foods create contaminants, additives that we discussed earlier may be carcinogenic, and that the packaging of prepared foods, so the plastic packaging, can lead to contamination. So that's right, my friends, the packaging. The same thing that makes the item so darn convenient is also one of the things making the foods harmful to both ourselves and the planet. Now, I've been there. I've been there so many times, more than I can count. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. We're running out the door. I know I need to pack some snacks for my kids because ain't nobody wants to be out of the house (laughs) with hangry kids, but I don't have time to like whip up something healthy. So I just grab something from the pantry that's packaged and processed. This happens a good amount in my house. I have to be honest, despite my preaching today on this show. But I say all that to say it's not about being perfect. It's not about being militant. It is about striving to do better, even in those moments of overwhelm, because it's about keeping our eyes on the bigger picture. And what is the bigger picture? Well, for me, just last week, I attended a funeral for someone very close to me, someone who was very important in my life. She passed away after a long battle with ovarian cancer. And I've always known it cognitively. I've always known this cognitively in my head. But now I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my soul that our health is priceless. It is the most important possession, if you will, that we own. Many of us tend to take our health for granted when we have it, myself included. But we regret taking it for granted once we get sick. My loved one, she battled gallantly for two years with cancer. But her life was ultimately cut short. She died way too young. And on top of that is the sad fact that for the last two years, she wasn't fully living. She was suffering. She was suffering from cancer. And so I'm of the mindset that we need to do everything we can right this second to preserve our health so that we can run in the grass with our children for years to come and go on long walks on the beach or hike up high mountains with our friends or play trains with our grandchildren on the floor, on the rug when that time comes. And that all starts by eating better right now. And so that's why today, Mike, my tips for you center around healthy, non-processed, whole foods. Because again, the convenience stuff is always packaged and almost always ultra-processed. Another benefit for you. So, you know, you're not on board with the health benefits. You're not on board. Well, let's talk about money. Convenience, the convenient option, especially the convenient option in the grocery store, costs extra of your hard-earned money. When we buy junk food in prepackaged portions, both our pocketbooks and the planet take a hit simultaneously. But when you make your own snack packs, let's say, you're saving money and you're cutting into your trash production. Let's talk about saving money and let's talk about yogurt tubes because my daughters, if I could give them a yogurt tube, one of those gogurt things in their lunchboxes every day, they would love me more. They would love me to the moon and back. I like their convenience, right? They're easy. I just stick them in the lunchbox, but I don't love the plastic packaging. That is a single-use disposable item. So where I live, those yogurt tubes cost about 25 cents an ounce, okay? 25 cents an ounce. 
That's less than 50 cents a tube, right? It doesn't sound like that much. 50 cents a tube, not bad. But I could buy a pint of the exact same brand of yogurt for just 10 cents an ounce. So basically a third of the price. And if I've just dedicated 60 seconds of my life to take that pint and separate it into containers myself, I use glass jars, I'll be saving about 50 cents a day, even though I've just literally bought the exact same product. So I say all that to say that when you buy the convenient option, you are spending more money, whether you realize it or not. And then finally, we have to talk about the environmental costs, right? Creating food packaging requires resources to make, right? Like energy, like water chemicals, petroleum, that's a big one, minerals, wood. Manufacturing the packaging often generates greenhouse gases and may even pollute water with toxic contaminants. There are then, of course, the afterlife concerns. Surprise to nobody, where does all this packaging go? If you listen to Tuesday's episode, just the last one that I released with Shannon Goldberg, food packaging goes to the same place all other forms of plastic waste go to, which is most likely the landfill or into nature, our natural environment somewhere. And all that packaging waste generated from the 7.7 billion and counting people on this earth, it is indeed piling up. So that is the why. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what to do if your kids are picky eaters and you're thinking to yourself, oh, heck no, my kids won't eat healthy foods. We're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about gear after a quick word from today. Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below. And that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. So next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coastofmaine.com is first sponsor. And we are back on today's show. We are talking all things low-waste snacks and low-waste lunchboxes. Thanks to Mike for sending me this question. Before the break, we talked about the why. Just to recap, three reasons why you may want to consider low-waste healthy alternatives to the snack packs that line the grocery store shelves. Reason one was health effects, human health effects. Reason two was saved money, and reason three, of course, was the environmental costs associated with all those single-use food items. Single-use disposable food items, I should say. Okay, so let's talk about picky eaters for a minute. If you have picky eaters on your hand and you are listening to me right now and you're thinking to yourself, oh, heck no, Stephanie, you are so out of touch. My children will never eat healthy. And even me, I like a good processed food. You don't get it. Okay, I hear you. I love a good snack. I love a good cookie. (laughs) There's not a world 
that exists in which I will not eat a cookie if it's offered to me. If you have a picky eater child, I can imagine that must be extremely stressful for you as a parent. And my first thought is I suggest you flip the script. So instead of talking about how impossible it is and how much it stinks to have picky children, I suggest you instead look at this as an opportunity to curate healthy eating habits for the long term. So first of all, model good behavior. No chips for you on the couch. Model the type of eating you'd like to instill. Don't force your child to eat anything, of course, especially if they aren't hungry. Don't force anything. Be prepared to play the long game. So if your child tries a blueberry and doesn't like it, don't throw your hands up and say, oh, my children hate blueberries. No. Keep introducing and reintroducing and reintroducing again that blueberry. According to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, according to the CDC, it can take more than 10 times before a toddler might like a food. 10 times. So your toddler has to see that blueberry on their tray 10 times. A tip from me, from me of a few years ago, is to... Hide healthy foods, be sneaky about it. An immersion blender is about to become your best friend. My second daughter, Lada, she's fairly picky. So just the other night, I made a soup. She hates cauliflower. I made a soup. It had potatoes, it had cauliflower, it had beans, it had onions, it had a lot of veggies that I don't think she would say she enjoyed. So after I cooked it in the crock pot, what did I do? I pureed it with that immersion blender until it was smooth. She ate the whole thing and she had no complaints. Use that immersion blender, hide stuff up. Another great idea too is if you're making, let's say, quesadillas, instead of just doing the cheese filling quesadilla, why not get out your food processor, process up some black beans, add some red pepper, add some onion, maybe a little garlic if your child will tolerate it. Puree that up and then sandwich it in between the layers of cheese. This always worked for my picky eater. She didn't even know that those healthy items were in her cheese quesadilla. Now, my last tip for the picky eaters is a personal one. I'm not saying this as a blanket statement. I'm not saying that it will work for everybody, but it does work for me. In my house, my picky eater will eat healthy foods if she's hungry enough and if healthy foods are all that's available to her. Now, of course, if she has to choose between a banana and barbecue chips, she is going to choose the bag of barbecue chips. I would choose the barbecue chips as well, wouldn't I? But if we're out of the house and all I brought is a banana, she will indeed eat that banana if she is hungry enough. Now, Leanne Ribikov, she was my guest on episode 293, Organizing the Pantry. She's a health and wellness coach, and I have started taking coaching with her. I'll talk more about that in a little bit, but Leanne has changed my life. One of the things I've been working on in my own personal health journey is to stop eating snacks on the couch after my kids go to bed. It's a bad habit. I picked it up somehow and I need to stop. She suggested, I ask myself, when in those moments when I'm sitting on the couch, am I hungry enough to eat an apple? Would I eat an apple? Such a simple question. So I started asking myself that. Would I eat an apple right now? Which is another way of saying, am I actually hungry or do I want a junk food? If the answer is yes, if the answer is yes, I will eat an apple right now, 
I'm going to go to the kitchen and I'm going to cut up an apple and I'm going to eat it. But if the answer is no, like I'm not hungry enough for an apple, I'm not actually hungry, right? So what I'm trying to say here is don't present unhealthy packaged food items to your children (laughs) if you want them to eat healthier. So perhaps for you, it all starts by not even buying questionable, heavily packaged food items in the first place. Not buying. I say this all the time. I sound like a broken record. It's not buying. Don't buy. But it's true, right? If you don't have it on hand, you and your kids don't see it. You and your kids can't eat it. Back to Leanne for one quick second. I mentioned I started doing health coaching with her. I almost didn't do it. I went back and forth. I thought to myself, and eh, I don't know. Do I want to invest this money in this service? But then I thought to myself, I never do anything for myself. (laughs) Why the heck not? Leanne has changed my life. And she did mention to me that she has a free webinar coming up. It's on October 3rd. It's a Monday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. It's free. So if you need some help with some eating or healthy living choices in your life, Leanne is your girl. I'll link to it in the show notes. Leanne's not the type of person to do a webinar and not teach you anything and make it salesy. Leanne's the type of person who is going to give you actionable tips that you can employ right now. Okay, so those are my picky eating tips. I spent way more time on those than I expected, but now we're going to go into gear. If you're on board, if you are ready to get serious about packing low-waste and whole foods-based, ooh, that rhymes, low-waste, whole foods-based lunches and snacks, The first place to start is by obtaining the right gear. Now, I rarely push for buying stuff. That I rarely push for it. But in this instance, I do believe that it is imperative that you have the right gear at the outset. The right gear will save you time. It'll save you sanity. It will save you from buying foods wrapped in single-use disposable plastic because you don't have the right gear. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about gear today, but I am going to very quickly go through the two routes that you could take when purchasing gear. So route one, you need seven items. Route two, you need four items. Route one is the traditional lunchbox route. Route two is the bento box route. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, why would I go seven things if there's a route where I only need four things? That's a smart way of thinking about this problem. I will say that in my opinion, the bento box route, the route of four items, there is a con in my perspective. And the con is that you can't bring warm stuff. There's no thermos involved. A thermos to me is really darn important. And so if you go the bento box route really quickly, you need a bento box Some suggestions from listeners, their favorite bento box brands are in the show notes. I'm not going to talk about them now, but they're there if you want them. If you go the bento box route, you need four things. You need a bento box. You need a cloth or reusable napkin. You perhaps need a piece of metal silverware and you need a water bottle. That's it. You're done. But if you're going to go the route I go with my children, you're going to need seven things. You're going to need a lunchbox. I suggest one with a zipper. I suggest you measure it to make sure it fits in your child's backpack or in your work bag. I suggest you find one that's highly rated so you have it for the long term. That's a lunchbox. You're going to need a good quality thermos. I use Fugo thermoses in my house. Each of my daughters have one. You want a thermos. There's so many on the market, but you want a thermos that's going to keep food hot. So many people 
many adults who work, many children who go to school, they don't have access to a microwave during the day. So you want a high quality thermos that is going to keep food hot from 7 a.m. when you heat the food up to lunchtime, 12 o'clock thermos. You are going to need a bunch of glass or stainless steel containers, your choice. Stainless steel is more school friendly, but I use glass and I love them. I'll link to them in the show notes. You may need some reusable bags. Listener Lauren recommended stasher bags. I do have reusable bags. I don't have stashers. And sometimes, oftentimes, I'll be honest, I just reuse Ziploc bags over and over and over again. I wash them out. I haven't bought a plastic bag in years, but I still use Ziploc bags because they can be used many a time before having to be discarded. They're only single use because our mindset makes them single use. So you're going to need some sort of bag. And then again, same things as the bento box. You're going to need cloth napkin, metal piece of silverware, and a water bottle. Okay, so both routes are good. The lunchbox route needs seven items. The bento box route needs four items. And again, if you're looking for gear suggestions, they're all in the show notes. Some of them are mine. Some of them are listeners. They're all there for you. And one more tip for you, Mike, before we get into my actual food suggestions. You mentioned specifically snacks. So get yourself set up for snacks by wrapping a fork or even a knife and a spoon in a cloth napkin, tying it with a piece of string or maybe even using a rubber band. It's not going to look as nice, but whatever. Keep it in your car if your car is your primary mode of transport. Just keep it in your car because you'll never know when you might need it for an on-the-go, low-waste, low-processed snack. Okay, so we're going to take one more break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the ultimate list of snack and lunchbox suggestions. And we are back again. Now we're getting into the ultimate list of lunchbox suggestions. Before we get into the very concrete suggestions, I have two tips for you. The first is to remember the food pyramid. Now, the food pyramid was very popular when I was a child. I was an 80s child. Now it is the My Plate. It is a visual that's designed, that's made to help us plan healthy meals. According to the My Plate, A balanced meal is comprised of at least 50% fruits and vegetables, whole grains and varied proteins as well. The majority of a meal should be fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and proteins. Dairy should constitute a very small portion of the lunchbox or the snack, and sugar should be nearly non-existent. So keep that in mind as you're packing your child's lunchbox, bento box, packing snacks for them, thinking about their day, thinking about your own day. You can use the MyPlate graphic to make lunchbox packing an awful lot easier. And when you're and speaking of lunchboxes, when you are packing that lunchbox for your children and for yourself, don't experiment. Just send what everybody is going to eat. If you experiment, a lot of food's going to come home uneaten and then you've got the food waste problem. It is futile, in my opinion, to send items, especially with your children, that they may likely not eat because the success of your lunchbox packing is measured by how much they eat. You want to pack just the right amount, no more, no less. At the end of the day, when they come home with their lunchbox, you want to see a completely eaten lunchbox. That is an A+. Okay, so now we're getting into the lunchbox. (laughs) In my house... We pack lunches for our children and for my husband five days a week. 
The number one easiest thing that we do is we put last night's dinner in the thermos for lunch today. Easiest to go. So whatever we ate last night, I'm always making extra. It goes in the thermos. That's the main for lunch. Now, if that doesn't work for you, here are some more ideas. Put soup in the thermos with a baguette slice or put some pasta or some mac and cheese in the thermos. Maybe you do breakfast for lunch. You could do pancakes or waffles or a mini bagel and cream cheese or oatmeal. That would go in the thermos very well. You could do English muffin pizzas or quesadillas or grilled cheese or a blackberry or raspberry and cream cheese sandwich or a PB and nut butter sandwich. I saw nut butter in the store the other day. I did buy it and it doesn't taste great, but maybe your kids will eat it. One thing I love to make in bulk, so I make 24 of these and I freeze them and I just take out the ones I need as I need them, are egg croquettes. It's basically egg and some onion and some red pepper cut up very small so my picky eater will eat it and I bake them in a muffin tin. So yeah, I bake a bunch, I put them in the freezer, I take them out when I need them. If you're a big sandwich fan, back to sandwiches, maybe an avocado and hummus sandwich... And if you're a meat eater, just skip the cold cuts. Research finds that eating high amounts of processed meats can increase your risk of heart disease and cancer and diabetes. This is for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is the sodium. Sodium is about 400%, 400% guys, 400% higher in processed meat than in unprocessed meats. Okay, so a lunchbox and a snack, it's a great time for dipping. Doesn't everybody love a good dip? How about ranch dressing and a piece of vegetable, a cucumber, a carrot, a broccoli? How about hummus with any vegetable? How about pita bread and hummus? How about, I'm about to blow your mind, boiled round potatoes. So the little ones, the little cute little red potatoes, boil up a bunch of those. Send those with a dipping of hummus and see how it goes. It sounds strange. My mom gave me this tip. I thought, oh, heck no, my kids won't eat it. My kids love it. Potatoes and hummus, can't get any better than that. How about apples or bananas with nut butter or sun butter if everybody's going to a place that's nut-free? How about granola and yogurt? Leanne Ribikov. Hey again, Leanne. She sent me an amazing granola recipe. You pan fry it on the stove. You could make a big batch of granola, keep it in a mason jar in your pantry, take out a little and add it to a yogurt, make a yogurt parfait for lunch. Yum. Okay, now let's go to snacks. When we talk about snacks, first and foremost, remember that nature has packaged a lot of food for us. How about some hard-boiled eggs? The shell is the packaging, right? How about grab a hard-boiled egg on your way out the door? How about a banana? That's got some natural packaging. How about a clementine? Plenty of natural packaging there. For the food items that don't have natural packaging, can we help it along a bit? My sister, she is the queen of packing a piece of fruit, so a pear, an apple, a peach, and just wrapping it in a tea towel. Pears and peaches especially can get juicy, so you need some sort of something, especially for little kids. Wrap it in a tea towel. Mess is gone, no plastic in sight, no trash in sight. Genius, shout out to my sister if she's listening. Okay, so when we talk about snacks, we are remembering first and foremost nature's packaging. And now here are some other options. Crackers and cheese, basically any fruit cut up in a fruit cup. Olives, my daughters love 
olives. You know what they also love? (laughs) Mini corns. I don't know what they're called, but in a lot of Asian dishes, they have the like miniature corns. Maybe they're two, two and a half inches long and they look like a miniature corn on the cob. Those are sold in the grocery store in cans. My kids go absolutely nuts for those. So I buy a can, separate them into the miniature containers, put them in the lunchbox, and off they go. I just made my own healthy snack pack right there. How about popcorn? Popcorn from the bulk bin. So don't buy the microwavable popcorn. There is so many questionable ingredients and additives on those kernels. Buy popcorn kernels, preferably from the bulk bin if you can, or just plain kernels. Pop up a big batch, then separate them into baggies yourself. There you go. There's another snack pack idea. Joelle wrote to me and she said she makes homemade trail mix based on what her children like. She also makes energy balls, and then she puts those into bags. Another great homemade snack pack idea. She makes 10-ish energy balls at a time. She packages them up nicely, and so when she needs to run out the door, she has something already made that she just literally grabs and then goes. Now, again, treats, right? We all need treats. We all need some sugar. I need sugar in my life. If that's the case, remember that you likely have an oven and you likely can bake at home. So instead of buying store-bought muffins or store-bought cookies with all the additives and preservatives, make them at home. I am in this amazing habit right now where when I make a batch of cookies, I also measure out the dry ingredients for my next batch of cookies. So the flour, the baking powder, the baking soda, the salt, etc. I put it all in a mason jar together, mix it up, and then I just throw it in my cabinet so that the next time I go to make that same recipe, those same cookies, half of the work is already done. The Dry ingredients are there, pre-measured. I just pour them in and add the wet ingredients. It saves me some time, saves me some stress. It means that making cookies isn't this like dreaded thing anymore. Okay, so you're making muffins, you're making cookies. Maybe you're making those homemade granola bars, Mike. I know you said that your children don't love them. Maybe you try a different recipe. I've linked to a recipe that one of my listeners offered up in the show notes. If you need some sugar, maybe, and you don't want to bake, you don't like to bake, you're not a good baker, maybe you just pack a couple chocolate chips in a reusable container. Done. Let's not reinvent the wheel here, right? Remember, you can make almost anything into a snack pack yourself. Instead of buying string cheese, buy a bigger slab of cheese and cut it up and then separate it yourself. Instead of buying the Go-Gurts, buy the bigger container of yogurt. Separate it yourself. Instead of pirate's booty or some other chip, you really want the pirate's booty, buy the bigger bag. That would be better from an environmental perspective, less packaging surface area. So if you're going to buy the pirate's booty, buy the bigger bag, separate it yourself. The final word for today's episode is that when we buy items that are individually wrapped, we're paying extra for the non-recyclable packaging that's destined for landfills, but we're also paying for the supposed convenience, right? We're paying extra for the convenience. I would say, however, that there is something incredibly inconvenient about polluting the planet at the expense of our children. Show notes this week have so many resources in them. If you've never checked out a show note, today is the day. Show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 306. If you have some tips for me, send me an email 
send me a voicemail, reach out on social media. I will add them as an ego tip to an upcoming show. Speaking of upcoming shows, if you have an episode topic that you would like me to cover, please reach out. Let me know. Thank you. A lot of listeners have been reaching out with episode suggestions lately. I've got them all listed. There's a lot. There's a backlog. So stay with me. I so hope this episode helped you. That is my goal to help you. I will see you next week. Enjoy your loved ones and take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.